you've always got choices that you can make because some people go I can't do this and you can you've just got to make some choices because at the end of the day someone has got to want to get the help um, and then I'm right there but they've got to want to do it otherwise it won't work Hello and welcome to Lee Difference Experiment with Friends. Hey, this is, uh, I'm James and I have my friend Kyron. Kyron, how are you doing? I'm well, how are you? Excellent. Today, my friend is a lady called Shelley. Uh, she has the distinguished uh, title of someone who I could actually work for. And that list is approximately three people long and Shelley is right at the top of it. And I think I figured this about Shelley after meeting, I knew her for about two hours and I was like, I like her. She's amazing. I want to work for her. <laughs> so Shelley, welcome to Lead Different Experiments with Friends. It's great to have you here. Welcome. Thanks, James. And delighted to be here today. Now, Shelley, you work for an energy company that used to be just an oil and gas company. And you have a really cool new role uh, within that. Can you tell us what your role is and how long you've worked for this organization? I the role that I'm in, I look after strategy and um, commercial business management, and it's for new energy. And people are probably right. very familiar with that we're on the transition. Um, we have energy today that's based on fossil fuel, um, but how do you move forward into the future and um, reduce our emissions in that space? And so that that's the area that I'm working in, um, which is really exciting. Um, it's a nascent marking market that's evolving, so that's fascinating to be part of. Um, yeah. So I look at there's your future, but how do we still also bring along our fossil fuel? Because we're going to need the energy if we're going to supply globally and reliably. And uh -huh. um, so I look at, you know, you've got carbon capture sequestration, um, carbon to products. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Carbon Sorry. capture sequestration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's really my first learning point for the day. <laughs> <laughs> It's re-injecting CO2 back into the reservoir. So we're extracting the fossil fuel, um, you know, be it oil or um, gas, out of the reservoir um, so we can capture the CO2 and re-inject it back in. So um, so we're progressing in that area now. And a colleague of mine, um, Jane, um, she she runs that area in the business. So uh, wow. we're very obviously Australia-focused, but we've had um, – a merger and part of that merger saw myself and my family move to the US, which is um, in Texas, Houston, which is um, a lot of fun. Relocated this year. Yeah. So have you got a gun rack in your pickup truck? No, James. No. <laughs> well, that's the first thing I think Australians think of when we think of Texas. <laughs> well, you know what? There are signs around to say, you know, don't um, show your gun. So that it's certainly around, but um, I visibly for me haven't seen. But you can see there's gun gun ranges and they have ladies' days on Wednesday. Not that I've um, participated yet, but I went, oh, okay, that's nice. So it's different. It's, it's different, yeah. um, but good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, what, how, when did we meet, Shelley? Just to go back in our friendship a little bit. We, we met, what year do you reckon it was? I Five remember years ago, maybe? our Six first years ago? meeting. Yeah. 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 You remember that first meeting? Okay. I do. Yeah. Yeah. It was an Ignite what, what group. What happened to that? Um, right. yeah. I had just started um, a new role. So I was working in what we call IT or digital. So I'd come from data science and it was this massive role because in data science, I was it was a small team and it was like, um, you know, a startup and it was like a speedboat you could manoeuvre around and do. And then they said, could you take on the bigger IT? Um, and it was like, whoa, that's like driving the Queen Mary, um, sort of an analogy. <laughs> and I, I just remember I came in and I was like, my, you know, when you're in a new job and you just, you feel like you're underwater and you're just trying yeah. to get it clear. And part of, um, I was in the Woodside Leadership Group and uh, they had this, let's do this Ignite. And uh, I went, okay, we'll pop along and Best decision. So when I got to meet you and really, for me, doing the course, yeah. um, excellent. And then doing it again um, for me because in time things change as well and where you are changes, what you're doing. And uh, for me, again, got it a lot. So I think it's something you can continue doing and get a lot yeah. from it. Yeah, that was 20 – I want to say that was probably five years ago I yeah. that we first met. And then last year we did the we did group the, again. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. That was really. That fun. was excellent, actually. So, what last year your role was? What was your what was your role then? You were the chief. 
Digital, Digital officer, yeah. So yeah. I that's where I had IT and data science in there, all things. So that was a it was a great role. Lots of learning again, um, and I think that's a reflection through my career is um, <clears throat> willingness to try something that I'm not the expert in, I'm not the smartest in, but um, yeah, yeah, I get to learn, and that that to me is really exciting. You can grow. Now that's two fairly male. Like first of all, IT is a male dominated Very. industry. Would you? Okay, yeah. yeah. I remember you being the only female that I saw in your training sessions. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then data science is female oriented, and then oil and gas is male oriented, right? So they're all pretty male oriented, and yet here you are as a female being picked to lead teams. That's fairly unique, right? Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, for me, I, for me, my gender is never something that I think of unless it's made um, an issue to me. And yeah. there's instances where that's happened and you can see it and you can just politely manoeuvre around or, you know, you say something and no one really acknowledges, but then a male says it. I've had this happen a few times. They say exactly what you said and everyone's like, oh, that's a great, that's right, James. And it's just like, hang on. Um, and, and I find that, but I can pull that up now, but it's fascinating. And yeah, I, and they're great guys. Like they're not bad yeah. people, but it's just there's um something in the mind. Yeah, so we've got a way to go. And um, that's what I say. We've made progress, but we've still got a way to go. Yeah. And I, in fact, if, if our regular listeners remember, we talked to uh, a young guy, Chris Holloway, um, and talked about his experience as an Indigenous um, guy um, and just how incredible his story was. He talked about his favourite boss at work, and that was you, Shelley. <laughs> <laughs> so for our listeners who, who remember, he is an amazing guy. He's extraordinary. Yeah. I love journeying with him. Um, but for our listeners who was wondering who his amazing boss was, it was, it was actually you. And so <laughs> just, just for people to put two and two together, I wanted to highlight that. Um, and so in that in that processes then, so... I'm imagining little Shelley um, was a little girl um, a few years ago. We're not gonna, we don't need to go into how many, but but little Shelley, did you grow up in Perth? No, I didn't. I grew up in country Victoria, small town of about mm-hmm. 300 people, farming community. Um, Are you willing to name yeah. the town? Yeah, Tungama. D- t- what now? Tungama, which is uh, Tungama. along the Murray River, so near Yarrawonga, Echuca, so it yeah. borders between um, Victoria and New South Wales. That's amazing. That is a little country town. It is, yep. <clears throat> and so um, you got, were your parents farming or just living in a little country town because they liked it? Um, my parents, uh, they did sort of farming um, with uh, my father's parents, um, not really at a big scale, though, and my okay. mother was a cleaner. So not highly yeah. educated, um, year nine, year ten. That's that's a pretty extraordinary like to go from that background to heading up a strategy for some new energy commercialization for quite a large or you know energy <laughs> company in Houston. That's that's quite a journey. <laughs> and it has been, and it is, and it continues to be. And I think that's the joy of life. Yeah. So did you? So growing up, did you? What what were you thinking your future was going to entail? And like, is is a little country town because that you what you see around you shapes what you think your future could be. So little Shelley, as she's running around, probably you know playing and having fun in fields is what I'm imagining. <laughs> I'm probably um, deluded, but you know. <laughs> I think um, for me, once. It's, the education was important and I, again I'm not the smartest but I work hard and uh, mm. with my education I got good marks and I could see that that was the way I could continue um, my further education going um, beyond high school into university as well so the first one in our family that did that um, in that space and I think the drive there and I, I'm quite driven not in um, yeah. hey I want to be this but the, the drive to I wanted a better life um, than what yeah. I had and I think a lot of that like you know there's times where I couldn't afford sneakers to go and do sport little things like that the trips that um, you know, school trips, well, if I wanted to go on the whole saving for it, stuff like that. So I didn't want that as my life going forward. I wanted the opportunity um, and that's what I did. So going on to higher education, um, I worked through uni. I worked at a TAB um, and then a diary factory during the summer break when we had the big break. So to get extra money um, yeah. in that space there. So went on to do study chemical engineering and Part of the way there, then I did an MBA as well. So got 
good years of experience because you want to go in with experience to get the most out of an MBA. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I worked for a number of different uh, companies as well. And very early for me, uh, one of the companies was a chemical plant. And right. I moved into leadership very quickly um, and probably like running the plant. And so it had um, the supply chain part in it and the operation production maintenance. And I was only 22. So that, and I don't think I, I don't, wow. I, don't I know. I didn't quite understand the responsibility of that. So I went from a plant engineer up. So I went probably maybe more 24, but big responsibility in, in that. It was a small yeah. plant, but still it was um, uh, the chemicals in there were hazardous, um, flammable yeah. Um, yeah. in that space. So for me, I've, I've had a very fortunate learning journey um, throughout um, in different industries so I've worked yeah. in the chemical which went into products for the paint and um, building I worked at Cadbury Sweeps and um, yeah. I worked at Alinta in Perth uh, to the Dampier Bunbury natural gas pipeline and then I started my journey into more the oil and gas and got into Woodside so I worked up there um the supply base so like an asset manager um okay. yeah and yeah from there uh, Pluto project um, came back down, did logistics. So again, not necessarily my core expertise, then data science, <laughs> digital, and now I'm in new energy. So that, that's me in a nutshell. That's amazing. What's interesting about that journey is I keep hearing that you soon rose to leadership positions. Is that, was there a job that you had where you, that didn't happen? No, I, it's just <laughs> unnatural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think um, for me, and it's one of the things that if you can, you should. And if you can see that something yeah. can be better, to step in and do that. And yeah. that's something I've got two children as well, not my, my husband and I. And yeah. um, and it's helping them. It's like, well, if you can, you should. And a yeah. couple of other things for me is to be brave, not perfect. I, I really yeah, like yeah. that because just step in and Wait, give it a go. Can you say that again? Be brave, not perfect. I like Take that. the risk. Take some risk. Um, and I you really, really you can be uncomfortable, but you're growing. Be brave, not perfect. Yeah. But also, one of the things is it's it's one thing to try to step into leadership. A lot of people did a lot, but that it doesn't work out for them. But the fact that you end up being picked for leadership positions, that's a different thing. Um, and I, well, something that I noticed for you that hopefully um, uh, well, that I want to point out for our listeners is that one of the th and when you mentioned it, it occurred to me, I was like, yeah, that is you. When you said you're driven, um, but you're not driven by a zero-sum end game mm -hmm. where you want everyone to win. Yeah. Um, and that's probably one of the most, the things that really makes me gravitate towards you um, and your leadership style uh, is the extraordinary way that you're you're after everyone to win. And, yeah. and But you're going to drive hard. And I imagine working for you is, you ask a lot, I imagine. <laughs> I do, but I give a lot as well, and we're but running together. But you give a lot, yeah, 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 and and you support, and that that to me is why I think maybe you keep getting picked for leadership positions. Yeah, I think for me, what's really when I come into a role, it's like, how do we make this better, um, and yeah. not just the outcome for everyone, but how do you get people to reach their potential as well? Because that is extremely rewarding looking yes. after people and, and helping them realise what they can do. Um, and that goes back to if you can, you should. And uh, for me, that I, I get a real buzz from it. So um, yeah. in that sense, that's what keeps me going as well. It's the reward of that. Yeah. Which one of those roles has been the most challenging position for you? Or is it the current one? <laughs> <laughs> um the current one is a different one. Like when I was running digital, I had like a workforce of a thousand people. So, um, and I always speak to everyone. And I which think is, that to me. Which is huge. Like, let's not just it, sort of rush past it. You had a team of about a thousand people. Mm, That's incredible. Yeah, I've, I've, but I've done that earlier on as well. When I was up at site, um, the Pluto project, again, um, we had an issue, but just, uh, resourcing up um, again a thousand strong workforce and so different contractors coming in there but it was under my remit to get the the plant online um, and there was pressure in doing that but gosh mm. we achieved some results that everyone's just like wow and but that's the team um, when you can yeah. get them moving and um, yeah so there, there are times where you just go the team what you can achieve as a team is pretty phenomenal and that again um, you get a real buzz yeah 
Yeah, so back to the challenging roles. Sorry, I just got distracted. I was like, a thousand. That's a, <laughs> such a huge team. I didn't want to rush past that and kind of ignore that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah a thousand people as if that's nothing. I'm like, mm, Shelly, that's something. Let's stay here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, so the challenging role then, you were leading a thousand people at digital and now you were heading somewhere and then I got caught on that. Yeah, I think so into the new energy, but in um, digital, so it's not my skill set. So you come in and, and how do you lead with credibility when you you don't have uh, the skill set that you're leading necessarily? And um, but again, that's not what leadership about is about necessarily. Yeah. How, how do you lead? You, you asked me the question, how do you lead? And I want to know, how did you do it? Like, what do you what do you put? Because because I met some of your people and they seem to all follow you really well. For me, again, it's um, picking the people and working with them and understanding how they work. Um, and I'll always ask questions. I'm never, again, I'm not the smartest and I'm very comfortable with that. And straight away, how do we work through? What's the risk um, in what we're trying to do? And giving them a view of this is where we've got to get to and how are we going to do it? And often we don't know how, but we work our way through it. And sometimes we don't get it right. But that's yeah. learning. And I think that's yeah. really important. And it's about the culture that you set as well. And you don't bring people out, but it's like, okay, how do we learn from this? So when I first went into digital, there were some things we didn't get right, but it's like, okay, how do we learn and get better? And so mm. really sort of bring that approach in it as well. And I'm always curious. I'm always curious to understand about people, their roles. Um, and I actually went and did my AWS certification, which was a bit of a buzz. That's right. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, so I, I, and I was so, so proud of myself. Yeah. <laughs> but it just sent something back to the team as well. And it was pretty yeah. awesome, actually. So, um, but I had the team giving me, so I'd go in and do lessons with them. So, because they wanted me to succeed as well, which was really good. But um, yeah, I still, I'm very proud of that moment as well. And we all have a bit of a giggle about it. Um, but they're the yeah. sort of things. So leading that, that again is a form of leadership um, in doing that to show <clears throat> that you can do it. And that was to, across the board as well to other people yeah. is, hey, I come in without the core expertise, but I can go and learn as well. And it's like, so how does everyone keep relevant and keep learning? And that's really important because our world yeah. is changing and you've got to keep up with it. Yeah. One of the things that I observed from you as a leader too is that you were never too cool. So yeah. I remember being in an elevator, getting in an elevator with you and everyone in the elevator just, what, what do people typically do in a corporate elevator? They just stand there and stare at the front. Yeah. And I remember at every floor it stopped on the way down and we were coming down from like maybe the 20th or something and it so it stopped like 15 times on the way down and people would get in or out and every floor someone got in you knew who they were you said hello to them and you had a conversation with them and i remember thinking the whole elevator changed when shelly gets on like the whole mood like people actually and other people began to talk to each other and ask questions you sparked conversations between other people who were you weren't having to do all the conversation but you were sparking conversation and friendliness and that was when I was like, I could work for this woman. <laughs> <laughs> I could work for you, James. Well, well, I'm not sure I can match your current pay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would, I would, I don't know that I could, I don't know that I could be your boss because I just put you in as a CEO. I think. Um, <laughs> but, but it's, but it, I remember thinking that, seeing that as one of your skills, the key leadership skills. Um, was that you were never too cool like you know mm -hmm. sometimes leaders want to be the cool and they want to be whereas you were just like you're willing to say hello to someone and have them ignore you and I don't think it would have bothered you too much <laughs> no and to me um, it's always a joy and I get a buzz again speaking to people and sometimes you pick up at those chance encounters of things it's like okay all right um and you can help people as well or have you spoken to this or that or oh sometimes yeah. you just had that engagement and it just buzzes people as well so you can you can feel the energy um yeah. and that's i guess one of the things that i do have is typically a lot of energy even as i get older i still i still have energy um and typically i'm a positive person as well yeah. we look for even when things don't go well and it's like, well, how could I have done better in that situation? And I mightn't yeah. be at fault, but it's like, well, yeah. could I have avoided that? And I think that that in itself is really important as well. Yeah. I, in fact, I remember on another time I got in an elevator with you, you for about three or four stops, I watched you have a coaching conversation with someone, then they got off and went about their thing. And I, I remember thinking, huh, 
Look at that. <laughs> I've never seen that before. That was coaching just having an elevator with like three or four floors. <laughs> I remember thinking that's, that's quite impressive. And so part of me thinks that maybe you've got this innate passion for people. Did Is that something you developed? Is that something that's always been there? Did little Shelley have that as well? For me, always had a passion for people. I, that's what I really enjoy. And yeah. yeah, for me, coming in and working with people, um, again, if you can help them. And I do, I guess I'm almost at a point in my career now is should I be giving back more um, as well, not just in the corporate world. And um, I, I really enjoy where I work. And I think that's part of um, you've got to do that um, when you yeah. Life's too short if you're not enjoying where you are. But um, yeah. So for yeah. me, yeah, I I love working with people because uh, people, there's so everyone's got a story, and yeah. everyone is very different. And yeah. for me, again, I think people are generally really well intended, and it's unpacking sometimes uh, what's driving them, what do they want to do, and sometimes helping them realize what they can do. And that to me, um, and so Chris for me, that guy. I think Chris amazing. was a great example of that. Yeah. yeah, for our listeners, yeah. go and listen to the Chris episode and you'll hear him. I was thinking about that before. I'm like, oh, this is going to be an interesting conversation because of we've had an insight from from Chris and what what he perceives as, a, you know, an, an amazing workplace relationship. So it'd be cool to kind of get your perspective on that. So um, Chris uh, worked for me and, look, he he's a young guy and um, yeah. this is a guy that, like, I could see the potential of what he could be and and how do you help enable that? And when I, I want to say I didn't do this, but it's about helping him to do what he needed to do. So he did all the work um, and I was just along on the journey to her, you know, making sure and when you're a mum, you're always a mum. So uh, for yeah. me, a um, bit like he was my work child, you know, in a way, yeah. um, but very good worker. So excellent, yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty smart. Um, but there was smart. more to him, yeah. And yeah. how do you help enable that? So he worked full time and um, then studied as well. And it was a hard gig because he's young and it's like he's not going out. He's busy studying. And um, yeah. so for me, actually, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow he's graduating. And so yeah. super, super proud. Um, yeah. And I'm actually going to it. So, I, again, um, but that to me is an example of, you know, um, watching someone reach their potential, which he hasn't yet because he's he will do more um, on, on many different fronts. So if you listen to him, you can see that there's going to be more that he's going to do. Um, you can just see it. Yeah. Like just an example, um, he, he, we're in the final run. So I say we, but it's he. I'm just along with yeah. the journey on, with him. Yeah. And um, one of the classes, he he just he wasn't close, but in back in my day, you can get a fact pass. And um they were giving him a, this is the university, a little bit of what's a hard a, time a saying. Pass? A faculty pass. So because you're so close to failure, you wouldn't be right. Now, yeah. if he um, failed, he would not be graduating. It would roll into next year. And I'm like, this has been a journey for him already. And it's like, this is yeah. not fair. And they were giving him a bit of a hard time about, you know, you should be um, studying more. And, I mean, he's working really hard and he's holding yeah. a full-time job. Um, and so a tough for full-time me, job too. Yeah. 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 And it was box. like, this is not right. And <laughs> and so um <clears throat> got him to respond back and say, no, and let's escalate this because we're going to, this is not on. And who do I need to, if I need to, to go down and sort this out? I will. I don't care. We'll move um, to be able to enable this. So they came back. He got to reset it and he's passed. So for me, that awesome. in itself, like it mm. just, it's such a difference because he's on his next journey. Um, yeah. he's graduating, he's coming into the graduate program now, and he's going to yeah. blitz it. Um, but that, again, yeah. so to me, and he'll go on and achieve a lot more on many yeah. different fronts, not just in the corporate world, but a beautiful um, human being. And you can see he knows where he's from, what's important yeah. for him in, in that aspect mm. as well. I want to take a minute to thank the sponsor of this podcast. Uh, without them, we wouldn't be doing this, and without them, millions of lives around the world would still be trapped in the cycle of poverty. Uh, today's sponsor is Opportunity International Australia, and they're ending poverty in developing countries, one family, one community at a time. And this is all very stale, but you do not understand how much I love what this organization does, the way they partner with families. By providing small loans to families in need, Opportunity helps them to grow their own businesses and generate a sustainable income that can lift themselves out of poverty with dignity. Like they get to start their own business with a loan from you. 
It's extraordinary. Because to break the cycle of poverty for good, opportunity increases families' access to healthcare and quality education uh, and strengthens the communities to reduce the risk of human trafficking, domestic violence, and creates a new future for generations to come. Um, it's one of those things where you loan them a small loan, they start a business, they repay the loan, and another family accesses that loan now. It's absolutely extraordinary. To explore how you can partner with these families, go to opportunity.org.au. Opportunity.org.au. I promise you, you will love what this organization does and what they're doing to break the cycle of poverty in this world. Now, back to today's episode. So which, which job do you think taught you the most about what it means to be a leader? Was there a job that you had where you had a boss where you're like, I don't want to be like that boss? And are you able to talk about that? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think don't want to get in trouble have, with anyone. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> for me, you have pivotal points in, in, in your life. You come in, there yeah. might be a fork in the road. or um, And I think from a work perspective, when I went from like a manager to the real leadership was when I did the supply base um, up in Karatha. So I had um, wharfies, um, warehousing, and um, general um, so warehousing staff drove forklifts, big trucks, so all the logistics came in for the plant and equipment and loading the boats out. And for me, um, the culture, the morale was rock bottom and they had mm-hmm. HS um, health and safety issues, total mistrust of management. And so that was coming in there. And um, for me, turning that around, um, lifting the profile of it um, in within the company of and making them proud of this is this is who we are and this is what we do. And that was really leadership. And there was some times like someone rocked up on my first day there and blew it over. So you had to be um, zero, zero um, blood alcohol. And yeah. I'm like, and so I bring him into the office and it's like, he's like, I'm really sorry. And I'm like, so am I. And so, but the whole discipline action. So again, setting the standard by which we'll yeah. operate under um, in there. And the nickname for me was mum. Um, that's what the guys would call me. And they knew I had their back, but if they did wrong, they would know. Yeah. So, but really lifted the the standard there, um, turned it around to the point now people want to come there and work. They want to be the asset manager there as well. It's a very high profile role um, in that space there. Part of building the trust as well, I had a manager that was not good. Um, he subsequently left um, as well. But he's like, when I tell you what to do, you do. And it's just like, it doesn't work like that. And mm. so yeah. people could see that we're having, and it was a robust discussion. But yeah. for me, you always, and I, I can do confrontation. It's not something I'm just like, let's go do it. But it's like, when it comes to what's right and wrong um, for me and treating people with respect, it, I don't care who you are or where you are, we'll have a discussion. And so that was when I came out, people were like, whoa. And it's like, yep, this is how it goes. And so that um, pretty I guess, pivotal moment for me from going into management leadership and really leading and yeah. engaging and bringing people along and changing the culture. It was fun. Yeah. It was a real um, fun job, as was my digital role as well. Yeah. But but as that asset manager, you would have been fairly young to have everyone calling you mum. Yeah. Like young same children. age as you? <laughs> yeah, but, like, but similar age to you they would have been. It's not like you're like yeah. some, you know, mm-hmm. not like their mum age, but... Um, and wow. some are older, and, um, but they're the salt of the earth. And, again, it's just that yeah. how do you connect with people? And mm. But they n- never go to a manager's house, and so I would have celebrations. They would come. That was like it was a real changing of um, the trust between, I guess, the management and the workers as well and um, proving mm. that. So for me, um, yeah, really rewarding. So yeah. that's like you've, you've put maybe six sentences around what would have been an incredible cultural change within that organisation. Yeah. And from what I'm, what I'm picking up is like there's elements of discipline that you brought in, uh, there's elements of people having trust that there is a connection between kind of right and wrong, but yeah. an openness to engage and actually relate with people, which probably went across a few different areas and helped shift that culture. Yeah. So how long would you reckon the transition culture, I mean, it's always it's not always an ongoing evolution, but... To get it from unsatisfactory to where you were pleased with it, how long did that take? Do you think? Do you remember, or was it just kind of like one day you were like, "Huh, this is actually pretty good now." <laughs> no, it took a good like because I had to get funding because it, the 
the site never got funding, so it was run down. And so that went to how um, they're viewed by the organisation. We never get funding. Look at what the what we work in. We don't even have this operating. And it's like, no, this is not what we're going to do. And so for me, got resource in. Um, I made the guys. So I said to there were two assets. There was the KGP and the Pluto. And I said, I'm yeah. sorry, there's three assets. There's the supply base as well. So those town halls. You need to have me in there now. And I would make the guys come in and talk. And none of us liked it, but it's like, no, we've got to do it. And me in particular, the whole public speaking journey has been our journey. Um, But, yeah, getting out there because, again, it's like how do we lift the profile so we can make sure we get what we need to. So and bringing the guys along in that. And I remember Woody and, oh, my gosh, I I swear that this guy had it at another level. And he goes, I can't believe you're getting me to do this. (laughs) 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 But, um, and he was the real leader of the Wharfies, and yeah. um, they were great, unbelievably. And, like, I remember one time uh, Rocket, everyone has nicknames, but um, Rocket yeah. comes like up the into my office. I love the leader of the Wharfies, the guy called Woody. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm little as well, so not tall. And um, yeah. But Rocket came up, comes up and he goes, Shelley, um, can we do a veggie garden here on site? And he goes, yeah, and he took me through what he wanted to do. And he's like, go for it, just do it. But it was like, it was really nice. He goes, yeah, mm. I thought I had to come up and speak to you. Like, they're the sort of things, um, yeah. yeah. And our health and safety really turned around. Um, we had one incident where I stood the site down and just, it really rattled me. And um, for me, I said to the guys, you never assume. They assumed with the loader bars that they had them on properly and they didn't. And yeah. I just said, I never, ever want to go home and have to speak to your partners yeah. about something. And um, it was really quite emotional for me in that because it's like you become family and um, yeah. in the tight community up there as well. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed my time up there. And just even I had um, 10% of my workforce was Indigenous and just understanding the yeah. cultural difference um, as well. And, and it's hard, the clash of um, the cultures. So, but yeah. learning and respecting and how do we work um, to enable um, that as well. So that was really important. Shelley, one of my problems right now is that you keep saying great stuff and rushing past it. Um, <laughs> so even the way that you framed the 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 loading bars, and I'm going to presume that that's some metal bars that help yeah. with loading. When you um, do a lot of lifting, yeah. Okay. Even the loading of those, and you, instead of just saying, guys, we should just do it this way because it's the right way to do it, which isn't getting a response, but guys, I don't want to have to come back and tell someone that, you know, someone's injured or what, what would be what could have been the outcome of those not being done properly oh we could have killed someone yeah okay, someone so underneath okay. the load yeah yeah, yeah. and that, that so, uh, just yeah that, that even that framing the response you're going to get from that is infinitely higher than mm. guys we have to do this because it's the occupational health and safety mm. yeah. yeah um even that is a great piece of leadership yeah it's interesting, yeah. James, because it's like it just I and I know this might sound a bit over the top, but it's just like it's natural. You just for me, just stepping in there because I care. I don't think oh, let me. It's do you know what I mean? Like it's just walking in and yeah. I chat and I speak to people and and how do you help and um yeah. and when something's not right, how do you get it right? That there's a passion in doing that. Um and so I think therein comes leadership as well because you've got to make it right or we'll try to yeah so where does that where does that come from from you i think um it comes from a drive of for me wanting to be i wanted a better life than what i grew up in and it's not about i don't have regrets it makes me the person i am um and i don't forget where i come from as well and and it's not for me that's really important and um but i don't and i didn't want to not be able to pay like a, an electricity bill. I want my kids to be able to go and get a, a good education and not have to worry about money, not to have to worry about if they have sneakers to go and play sport and if they want to go on a school trip, they can. And that that was really, I wanted a different life to the one that I was brought up in and not that um, I'm definitely not ashamed. I just, I wanted, I wanted a better life. I think that's what, and I want that for everyone. If Yeah, that's yeah. important. It's interesting, yeah. like we asked before what you're, leadership you know and you're like i care mm. I do. And, and that and that's the difference probably between a manager and a leader right i care yeah and i do yeah. you do I, the people part is huge yeah mm. 
Adelaide different now. Our, our stance on leadership is becoming a person worth following, right? Mm. Mm. No, that's what a great leader is. Being, being instead of you know dictating and manipulating people, but how how do you become a person worth following? And I guess that I care is a really great answer <laughs> to to that. Well, I care. Yeah, sounds simple though. Hey. And it's it's yep. not simple though. That's that's the thing. Like there's there's I think there'd be a lot of people who uh, would like to care but are afraid of it and don't. And there are a lot of people who would care, but Ooh. then they might say they would care too much and actually do themselves some damage in the process. So how do you put healthy boundaries in place? It's a good question because you can get really quite involved. Um, so I don't think I've ever got so so involved that emotionally um, it's been to the detriment. Because you're always looking at how do you how do you make it better? And I think there was one, um, this was a hard one. It was when I was in uh, Karatha and one of um, the guys, he was Indigenous and really had some really bad news and came into work and we drive heavy vehicles and um, you can't come in um, under the influence. And so I, I had to do disciplinary, And but we all knew what was going on externally. And so mm. trying to work with him to get outside of that. And um, in the end, I couldn't have him on the workplace because he put others in danger. So I had to let him go. And that was really, really hard. It, that that messed with me quite a bit. I had another part um, in digital when I didn't have the right capability and I had to let people go. And there were people that I cared about. Mm-hmm. And I only get emotional here, but um, yeah. at the end of the day, I just sort of went, what have I done? But I'd planned for months in getting this right and getting the capability. So for me, I was like, whoa, everyone has jobs that I let go. So that's just amazing. And I was helping them to get jobs as well. It's like, okay, how can we yeah. get in? But they just weren't the right capability, but really good people. Um, yeah. And so that, to me, that I probably got a little bit too, that impacted me quite a lot. But I grew. And I think that's the yeah. thing. And I have now a view of sometimes things happen to you, but you get a rocket to take you somewhere that you didn't know you probably wouldn't have gone had you not got it. And that's the way I look at it now because and how do you help people on that next stage as well? And you know what? It'll be me. There's times where it's me where I'm getting a rocket that I didn't think I needed and I didn't, but I'm going. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's like what we talk about where, like, the perspective of the event is actually what matters more than anything anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? Are people seeing this as the end of something or a launch to something else? Yeah. Um, the yeah, just the I care and what that actually means is that it means more than just you're not a doormat. You're clear. Like I've I've seen you and mm. you are you are not a doormat. <laughs> you people do not walk all over you, but yet you no. still manage to to balance that as a leader of where no I care. And so I think it's important to point out that you're not a doormat, but you want to see problems solved, people and people succeeding. But you're not going to let other people put the team at de- detriment or in danger. I've got their back, and I think that was some feedback that I just got recently as well. Because I always want feedback. Because how do you get better? Mm, and yeah. what's consistent is we've you've got our back, and it's like mm. I, I wish people didn't have to think like that. And we've gone through massive change this year in the corporate, so I think yeah. that is why that's sort of coming through um, in that space. And it's just supporting people through the change, and people handle change very differently. How big is your team that you're leading now? It's 14, but we're looking to expand um, because we want to scale in the USA. Um, So for me, it's quite a different role. So you've gone from 1,000 to 14. Yeah. But it's a very different role. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's not the execution. So um, in that respect, it's a lot more of the thinking strategically, commercially, how do we position. um, And so it's a great development opportunity. I'm learning again. Yeah, does that feel a little bit like whiplash, though, to go from, like, such a big dynamic execution, 1,000 people underneath you to 14? Uh, we got to figure out what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah. And, again, no, and, and, but it's recognising where I am and, and massive change this year. So to move from um, Australia to the USA, and I've got two children who are 15 and 13, managing mm-hmm. that change, starting a new job in a new place, wow. I felt like I was underwater and um, then trying to think this job was I had this big job and now I'm in this one. It's like, oh, okay. Um, 
and going through that, but unpacking it. And that took a little bit of time, but um, yeah. I've got it together now and really uh, quite excited and energised to be taking it forward. But it, it did. There was a lot that went on. Again, massive change um, yeah. and unpacking that. And then making sure that you're leading through that as well and you're trying to lead yourself. Like, it was massive yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think your your greatest challenge is at the moment in leading yourself through this? I think the thing I'm having the most fun with at the moment is learning. Learning, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a very different market, but I'm in different areas of like, I'm looking at marketing and trading at the moment. And how do you set up a capability that we don't have today? And then bringing others along in it that they're not in my remit, but they're a massive part. But how do I bring them along in this? And how do I get the whole organisation and the external community understanding about the energy transition. Now, I did a panel session um, last week in in Houston, and oil and gas, fossil fuels is pretty dirty. And I got quite a bit of um robust comment back, and sort of sat there and went, "Look, you know what? We need fossil fuels to help us through the energy transition if we're going to supply globally and reliably." Everyone today, you take for granted, I can just flick my switch and get my power. If you take them out, and we've got to be, and I think, well-informed. And I think that's what I'm seeing that's not in the in our world today. And people think, I'm just going to bring on green power. You've got to get all the infrastructure there. That's billions of dollars. And so, for yeah. me, I look at what my, what is my challenge. It's educating everyone. Woodside Energy is the company I work for. It's about being responsible and you want companies like Woodside to do that. Now, I know that sounds like corporate speak, but that's something I'm actually passionate about yeah. and getting energy to people who don't have it today as well. And you've seen in our world with the Ukraine, Russia, mm-hmm. yeah. it's fascinating at the moment. And to be honest, there's been a lack of investment because oil and gas companies have to still do shareholder return and they can see the pressure coming down from activists um, and so forth and so there's a whole glut where oil and gas companies weren't investing and so supplies diminishing demands not um so for me that that's where i am how do i help my company along the wider um organization um, and bringing them into uh, the energy transition and it's a bit like we're in a startup again and we're trying to scale so it's a bit deja vu so you, you have a um yeah. I guess an array of tools in your tool bag and it's like okay yeah. back here and how can I help back to my original mm. how can we <laughs> if you can you should and so that's yeah. that's sort of the space that I'm in again now as well which is fun so I imagine that in when in even in within the organization now there's going to be times where something happens or goes down and you're like that like leadership how did you handle that without becoming bitter and annoying and bossy because there's some people who are naturally good leaders like and something they put in situations with someone who's leading something and they're not a good leader or their leadership is lacking how how do you manage yourself in those moments for me i try and understand why why they do what they do um and that's understanding people's motivations or it might be that they just don't have the right capability yet or they're developing and if it's developing and you can give feedback if they're open to feedback i think her coaching in in that sort of sense um some people will seek feedback so i'm really happy to get feedback and and it's okay if it's not positive um i think that's really important um so i think that's important but sometimes people don't want it either and um they get very defensive and that says something as well people and, and i get it people are really busy and Look, I've seen some things happen that it's like, whoa, I wouldn't do that. And and the result of it has been a bit disappointing, but you can't control everything. And so for me, it's just acknowledging that's what it is and that's Mm. why it's happened and you can't do anything about it. If you can or how do you make the best with what you've got as well? And that's the other thing. Not everything's perfect. So (laughs) how do you pick it up and take it forward and make it better? Yeah. I I keep coming back to um, like the, the eye care kind of comment and that philosophy of of leadership um and you know i alluded to it before like putting boundaries in place and all that kind of thing but there's a there's a sense of responsibility that i feel that that you would feel towards the people that you that you manage and you look after but at some point the um, they that responsibility ends because they're responsible for their own life and their own behaviors um 
how and you've kind of alluded to a couple of times where it's been a bit of a challenge um to you know you've got too invested or too involved or but how do you put that into place now like when is is there a clarity for you to go i can go this far for you but in your behaviors you're going to need to meet me here yeah and i think giving people you've always got choices um mm. that you can make because some people go i can't do this and just bringing it down into simple blocks sometimes and go you can you've just got to make some choices and sometimes those choices have consequences as well and you've got mm. to recognize that but helping people to unpack um because at the end of the day they're the ones that have got to do it and i learned this um and and this is a personal um part but you can't help someone until they're willing to help themselves my mum was an alcoholic and i watched a spiral and you, I could try and help, but until she wanted to help herself, it was wasted effort. And that was a key learning of mine as well. So um, in that space, yeah, someone has got to want to get the help. um, And then I'm right there and helping them along the way, but they've got to want to do it. Otherwise, it won't work. Yeah. And it gets really unhealthy if you try to make it happen without them wanting it. Yeah. Really unhealthy, really fast. Interesting. You're wasting your time. And I don't think that's, Yeah. 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 And I've got many other things I can do as well. So that's the way, um, yeah, you go, okay. And not everyone wants it either. And some people, yeah. might, they're okay being the victim and, and the spiral. You try and help them not um, be in that space, but yeah. You mentioned um, people make choices. I am astounded by, I mean, kind of your your upbringing and your experience not everyone who goes through that, and there are people who go, lots of different people who go through that, not everyone who goes through that ends up with your sort of tenacity and your sort of desire to care and help and your kind of sense of right and wrong. So I feel like there's been some key choices that you've made along the way where you've gone, I'm actively going to pursue this, which I think is just extraordinary. You can speak to that or not, but like I just wanted to notice that and highlight that as something pretty special. I think um, actively pursuing the education was important. Um, education's an equaliser is the way I look mm. at it. Um, and to be able to get the education, because I, I don't, my my parents were year nine and year ten, and you could see the jobs they had. Uh, we weren't high income by any means, so you can sort of see. Mm. But that again for me, um, and I got good grades. Not I'm not the smartest, but I got good grades and. For me, I could see that was my way out. I didn't want to be stuck in the town. The town's lovely, the people are lovely, but it wasn't for me if I had the opportunity um, to be better. And I think that's something, if you can be better, you should. If you can improve yourself, you should. And and always keep growing because when you grow, good things happen. You mentioned something before about... well, no, I'm I'm alluding to this. I'm making this up in my head, right? But like, a, you wanted your kids to have a better childhood than you had. They had a bit bit of a better experience. And so, the organisation that I work for, like Opportunity International Australia, we work in developing countries, yeah. and we talk to we talk to mums all well, the time. Well, they're, they're, the, uh, they're the they're the podcast sponsor as well. And so, we talk to mums living in poverty all the time who are working their way out of poverty, and they just want their their kids to have a better life than they did. Like, it's a universal thing. I think we yes. want our kids to just have a better experience than we did. I guess all of that to say, like, what do you hope for your kids? What do you hope for their life? I really hope they're good people, that mm. I've installed the right values in them, um, that they're good people and and happy. Happiness yeah. is really important to me. And, like, um, yeah, look, it's fascinating having children, but, yeah, good people and they make a difference and happy. Yeah. Do, they, do they measure up so far? Oh, they're unreal. They are so much fun. <laughs> it's the best thing. Look, you go through highs and lows with children, yeah. Um, yeah. but overall, uh, it's great. It really is. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. That's Elizabeth great. is a lot like I am, so I feel yeah. a little bit sorry for Daniel, who's my husband, <laughs> and um, <laughs> he's got a double baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, Xavier's beautiful. Really lovely. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're both taller than I am. Um, Elizabeth's five yeah, wow. nine, and Zav's um, his size thirteen men's shoes, still growing, and he's thirteen wow. years old. So, is there a book that you've read or a course or something that you've done that you would recommend as a leadership training? Well, I to me the the ignite program <laughs> is no, I do, and I say this sincerely. I got a lot both times, and I've kept the booklets. 
And so for me, I looked at the change and you do your change so you can come back in. Um, I like the way that it was paced and that you could do um, you really roll into each section um, in that space and the discovery on yourself. I mean, you can read a lot about how people have done what they did in their journey as well. And you're like, OK, but their circumstances are different as well. And they're not necessarily yours, whereas yeah. you're this is you in, in the yeah. Ignite program. So that's why for me that was extremely valuable. Um, yeah. And I'd recommend uh, that. But I mean, you read books. I've done an MBA. So you understand about um you know, the, the psychology of things, the frame of reference, um, those sort of yeah. things. I mean, I've just um, read Drive. I can't remember who it was by, but yeah, there's just a different, like I, I listen to what people yeah. do. I watch what people do as well. You're in your job. You learn and watching that as well. Even the children in their leadership, what they do. Um, my daughter, she is doing entrepreneurship and and she was the CEO in the group and did the pitch. And, like, you're just watching and it's like, this is pretty cool. Like, you saw the leadership in there and the teachers are all saying she just naturally gravitates into it. But nothing's been instilled in her, but you can just see that it's, yeah, what she's doing. And that was pretty cool. Yeah. Shocking that your daughter was made the CEO. Shocking. Uh, <laughs> she loves, she likes, like, I think she's like me, she's a little bit bossy and will pull people in, but she's very, she's very um, considerate of making sure people, yeah. uh, if you got your part, you know what you need to do um, and loves organising things. So yeah. very social. Shelly, you're sure you've got a million meetings that yeah. you're supposed to be at in the next five minutes. I've had so much fun, you two. <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> good. Yeah. yeah. We, I, this honestly, has been amazing. to even have you on, on yeah. our podcast. Uh, like I, I was not kidding when I was like, I was very even reluctant to ask, except that I really badly wanted you on the podcast, but I was like, you've got so much on this year. Yeah. Hey, yeah. no, for me, these are things that I actually really enjoy, especially chatting to you two guys. Brilliant. And I, I've listened to Chris's podcast and then I listened to Ryan's. By gosh, yeah. talk about powerful. I just sat there yeah. and went, Oh gosh! Uh, and again, I am, and that's where I, I am so so lucky. Um, yeah. yeah. So you guys are doing an amazing job. So thank you. Take care. All See right. you later. Thanks for listening to the Lead Different podcast. At Lead Different, we build leaders worth following and create cultures where people thrive. If you're curious about finding out more, head to leaddifferent.org. I want to take a minute to thank the sponsor of this podcast. Uh, without them, we wouldn't be doing this. And without them, millions of lives around the world would still be trapped in the cycle of poverty. Opportunity International Australia is ending poverty in developing countries, one family, one community at a time. How do they do this? You get to partner with Opportunity to provide small loans to families in need. Opportunity helps the family to grow their own business and generate a sustainable income so they can lift themselves out of poverty with dignity. To break the cycle of poverty for good, opportunity also increases families' access to healthcare, quality education, and strengthens the community to reduce the risk of human trafficking and domestic violence, all creating a new future for generations to come. To explore how you can partner with these families, go to opportunity.org.au. Opportunity.org.au. As my daughter tells me, Mum, your EQ is much higher than Dad's. Ha, 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 ha.